Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's several big issues that I want to discuss. First, I want to say thank you for being out there, my loyal Levinites, my loyal listeners, listening to me on the radio. Let me ask you a question. Have you noticed the things that we say here months and months and months ago wind up being repeated? I mean, it's really a remarkable thing. I think that's why you're here. You're the smartest audience of all audiences. Now, we have been spending a long time talking about what's going on in California. With sanctuary cities, with laws passed by the one-party state, the progressive Democrat state in California. I have made analogies repeatedly about the old Confederacy. In this idea of nullification, the old confederacy and secession, that sanctuary cities are basically nullification cities. We've gone into the history of nullification. We've gone into the history of secession. And I open the newspaper and I read this parallel, this this analysis in Investor's Business Daily. People are sending me emails saying they're hearing about it on talk radio today. I think this is why it's important if you want a historical perspective, you want some context to events that take place each day, I'm going to provide that to you because that's my training, that's my history. I don't need to plagiarize from other people. I don't need to regurgitate what other people say. I don't even want to know what they say. I'll give you another one. How long have you and I, you, my beloved audience, how long have you and I been talking about Domestic, political, espionage, spying, surveillance by the Obama administration against the Trump campaign and the Trump transition. How long have we been talking about that? Day in and day out to the point where many of you probably, okay, okay, we get it. So the case is being built over the course of the year since I mentioned it. And it's being built, and it's being built, and it's being built. But the foundation for this is something that you and I have been talking about now for over a year. For over a year. Every time I'm asked to go on a Fox show, every time I'm asked to go on a radio show, I'm asked about this. But I also remember for a full week after I first brought it up, And it hit the Associated Press, and it hit ABC News, and NBC News, and all the rest of them. We were told it's not true. We were told this is a conspiracy theory. We're told we're right-wing nuts. And yet, day in and day out, there's more and more evidence of this. Now, I understand my colleagues in this business. I really do. There's a level of competition and vapidness. 
And so they pretend that the foundation for this hasn't been laid. It's been laid over and over and over and over again. It's all over the Internet. It's all over Conservative Review. It's all over with our good friend Paul Bedard. It's all over Right Scoop. Where else? Media Research Center. And, of course, on my own social sites. Because I view my mission behind this microphone to dig deeply, not to just come here and do a tap dance every day. And it requires some work, some thinking, and more than anything else, using my experience and my research to draw rational conclusions to these things. Here's a perfect example. Perfect example. There's another story out here about a phony case involving Eric Prince. He's the founder of the private security company Blackwater. We're supposed to hate him, and we're supposed to hate Blackwater. Why? Because the liberals create devils. I don't hate Eric Prince. I don't know him. I don't hate Blackwater. I believe they changed the name to something else. And so as the story goes, and by the way, this is a regurgitation of a story that was first aired on CNN through leaks from Bob Mueller's office to CNN, leaks again to the Washington Post today and yesterday, leaks from Capitol Hill and Adam Schiff and the boys and girls up there, worried, of course, about classified information, worried, of course, about whether you and I see the application for FISA. But you see, Mr. Prince apparently had a very short meeting, very short meeting, um, with a Russian, a hedge fund Russian, who said is close to Vladimir Putin. And the meeting was facilitated by somebody named George Nader, a Lebanese-American, they tell us. Now notice the liberal media have to tell us he has Lebanese heritage. That's just to create, in your mind, all kinds of scenarios. And it said a place called the Seychelles Island. I never heard of the Seychelles Island. Apparently it's a beautiful place. You know it's a nation with 94,000 people. The hell, maybe I'll move there. I don't know. Problem is, I don't like fish that much, and I doubt they have a lot of meat. So they had this meeting. And the leftist Praetorian Guard media isn't sure how to describe this, how to position this. First, they position this as collusion with the Russians, that Mr. Prince, through Mr. Nader, and Qatar are trying to figure out how to create a backdoor communications channel between Trump and his people and Russia. Now, the only problem with this, ladies and gentlemen, is that doesn't show collusion with Russia during the campaign because the meeting took place on January 11th of 2017. 
two months after the election, and nine days before Donald Trump was going to be inaugurated as the next president. So that doesn't make any sense. Why would Donald Trump need a back channel to the Russians when in nine days he's president of the United States and he doesn't need any back channel to anybody? Hello? Hello? All right. Hey, Sarah, let's try something else. They're trying, you see, to do this back channel thing in order to promote Donald Trump family businesses with Russia. Well, there's no evidence of that. That's absolute, complete speculation. That doesn't even make any sense. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. Oh. Okay. Well, let's try another one. This guy, Eric Prince, maybe he doesn't really know Donald Trump, but he gave a lot of money to the Trump campaign through a PAC, $250,000. Maybe he was trying to buy favoritism with the Trump campaign by setting up this meeting with Russia. The problem is, Mr. Prince says, it had nothing to do with the Trump campaign of any sort. It had nothing to do with Trump, his finances, so forth and so on. And this matter was reported, as I said, in August on CNN with this Aaron Burnett breathlessly going on and on in an incomprehensible, incoherent, moronic way, pressing Mr. Prince, who showed up and was interviewed in August 2017. And the interview is stupid. Five or six weeks later, the great journalist, one of the greatest journalists of our era, Brett Baer, examines this too. The Fox News Channel with Catherine Erich. And they report it honestly. And they're not making allegations like CNN. So it's reported in August. It's reported in September. It's already been leaked. And the Washington Compost does a brand new story on it. Like it's, wow, it's a big deal. And it's all over TV. All over radio. All over the damn place. Because now we're told Bob Mueller's looking into this meeting. Foreign contacts. Collusion. Say what? Foreign contacts and collusion. Then they try to drag Jerry Kushner into this. Then they try and drag Steve Bannon into this. They try and drag other people into this. Drag him into what? Drag them into what? So this was the big story the last 36 hours. It's a non-story. And the fact that Mueller and his Democrat prosecutors are looking into this, which has been leaked, the fact that this Lebanese-American, Nader, was met at the airport a few months ago with subpoenas by Mueller's Democrat prosecutors. The fact that he's given testimony to the Mueller grand jury just shows you that Mueller is a lousy, good-for-nothing, rogue, phony prosecutor. He is a political hack dressed up 
as his special counsel. His staff of Democrats are political hacks dressed up as assistant special counsel. I suspect Mr. Mueller is going to put together his own dossier by the time this is over. With one phony comment after another, with one phony inference after another, all leading to the obstruction of justice, foreign influence, and all the rest, that he couldn't prove in court if his life depended on it. Just as he screwed up the anthrax case for five damn years, chasing down the wrong guy, smearing him through leaks all over the media, and he still hasn't apologized. And how come I'm the only one who mentions that if Paul Manafort is public enemy number one, if the extent of his financial abuses and violations and tax abuses and violations are, as Mr. Mueller's Democrat prosecutors say in their filings in two federal courts, one in Virginia and one in Washington, D.C., I have to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, since most of this has to deal with things that took place years ago. How did Mr. Mueller miss it? He missed it all. When he was the director of the FBI. It just demonstrates further what Mr. Mueller is. Mr. Mueller would be perfect as a prosecutor in Vladimir Putin's Russia. There's the irony. Mr. Mueller would be perfect as a prosecutor in the old Soviet Union. Mr. Mueller would be perfect as a prosecutor in any autocracy. And Mr. Rosenstein, you're a disgrace for picking this man, one of your best friends, despite his conflicts with Comey. You're a disgrace for not properly overseeing this investigation. You're no better than he is. But there's something even bigger here. Bigger than everything I've just said. You want to know what it is? I'll tell you when I get back. Gentlemen, let's see how good you are at this. Let's see if you're better than most talk show hosts. What's the big issue here? Eric Prince is an American citizen. He was having a meeting, an island off of Africa, the east coast of Africa, which is a tiny spot, middle of nowhere, but it is a country, Seychelles. He's having a meeting. What's the big issue here? The Obama administration spied on him. You understand what I'm saying? The Obama administration spied on him. This is what I talked about over a year ago with the unmaskings and the so-called collateral, collateral gathering of information on American citizens. We've talked about this at great length. We've talked about it over the course of a year. I've talked about it on TV, on Fox and Friends, on Hannity. What took place here? Under the cover of 
surveilling Russians, the Russian ambassador, and so forth and so on. They're spying on Americans, as they did General Flynn, as they did on Trump world. This is what I was attacked for, you might recall. On January 11th, nine days before Donald Trump was sworn in as President of the United States, the Obama administration was still spying on the Trump people. Again, these stories, the last 36 hours, are trying to focus you on something else that Mueller is investigating. What I'm trying to tell you is, this man, Prince, an American citizen, was spied on for no damn reason. That's number one. Number two, it was nine days before the inauguration. They were still spying. Number three, his name was leaked in another felony commission to the media. To the media. That's number three. I'm not done. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Do you realize how remarkable it is that Trump is president of the United States? Putting the usual political obstacles aside, which were considerable, do you realize that the FBI federal law enforcement resources Federal intelligence resources. The Obama White House. The Hillary campaign and the DNC. All conspired, if not directly, indirectly, to destroy this man, to destroy the people around him, to destroy his candidacy, to destroy his transition, to destroy his presidency, there is no justification whatsoever for spying <clears throat> on Trump-related individuals, even though they may not know each other, but that's the reason they were spying on this guy, Prince. There's no justification for that. Nine days before he's going to be sworn in as President of the United States, here you have Susan Rice, the head of the National Security Council, Unbelievable to me. Absolutely unbelievable to me. And then, of course, they had that January 5th meeting. It's all coming together. I'll put it together if nobody else will. You have that January 5th meeting, which is a meeting with the acting attorney general of the United States, Yates. Pushing, pushing, pushing for a broad-based investigation based on the Logan Act, which has never been used successfully and isn't even used at all anymore. They already, they already went before the FISA court and withheld material information using the Hillary Clinton DNC dossier to get a warrant to spy on Carter Page. But they weren't interested in Carter Page. It was the back door to the Trump campaign. Two weeks before the general election, two weeks they get a warrant because they want to take down this president. 
Nine days before he's inaugurated. They're still spying. On January 5th, 15 days before Trump's inaugurated, they have a meeting with Obama, Yates, Rice, Comey. And among other things, they want to conceal classified information from the incoming president and his staff. Especially Mike Flynn, Lieutenant General, three-star General Mike Flynn, who they set up after the fact through the FBI to take him out, to take him out, because he rejected Obama's policies in so many respects when it came to his foreign policy. And he dared to be the first general to step up and endorse Trump. So they took him out. And they took out Sessions too. One day we'll get to the bottom of this. How the hell did it become known that Sessions had these scant meetings with Russians? He didn't even remember. How did they remember? And they take him out too. He's recused from all matters Russia. Now we have this guy Rosenstein. He's tight with Mueller. He's tight with Comey. I don't know the genius who decided to appoint him Deputy Attorney General. I'd sure as like hell to know who recommended that to the President of the United States. Because you know damn well Trump didn't know Rosenstein. So Rosenstein is in the catbird seat. And every damn thing Mueller wants to do and his Democrat prosecutors want to do, he rubber stamps, rubber stamps, rubber stamps. Comey's guy, Mueller. Comey's guy, Mueller. We know Comey's a leaker. We know McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, now retired. Leaker! We know from the inferences and the texts, the thousands and thousands of texts from Stroke and Page. What a lovely couple. The number one counterintelligence investigator for the FBI on the Hillary case and the Trump case. A leaker. Leakers all. Hillary Clinton and the DNC pay for a dossier. Forget the word dossier. 35 pages of crap. The most vile language and thoughts and allegations you can imagine. Working with the Russians. Working with the Russians. There's your collusion. Oh, of course, we've talked about that. Winds up in the hands of the FBI. What's the FBI do with it? They go get a warrant. Under Comey. Under Lynch. Under Yates. Under McCabe. Under Stroke. Under Page. They go get a warrant. To spy on an opposition campaign. And they spy on this opposition campaign. Then they spy on the transition. Then they spy nine days before the President of the United States is inaugurated. 
absolutely incredible. I don't know how to put a finer point in this. I don't know what other language to use. It's as plain as plain English can be. And the Praetorian Guard media, I've given them this nomenclature for a reason. Look up Praetorian Guards. You'll see what they are or were. The Praetorian Guard media protecting the domestic political spying. Absolute disgrace. They're not upholding the First Amendment in free press. They're destroying the First Amendment in the free press. Never, repeat, never in American history. You can bring up Watergate. You can bring up whatever you want. Have we seen anything like this? Anything. It's appalling what's happening to this country. It's appalling that the Democrat Party has become so utterly and completely tyrannical. It is appalling that the press in this country is part of the Democrat Party's propaganda machine. It is appalling the unequal treatment of a Republican president versus a Democrat president. It is appalling that the FBI and the intelligence agencies can be used the way that they were used. Now we know they were used this way. Now we know they did these things. And still, they mock Trump. And still, we have a prosecutors, Democrat prosecutors, chasing Trump, chasing his family, looking for anything and everything they possibly can find. Meanwhile, Carter Page, the straw man that was used here as an excuse to get a FISA warrant. He's not been charged with a damn thing. He's been spied on for a year. They have his emails. They have his text messages. They have his cell phone calls, his landline calls. What do you think a FISA warrant is? And they haven't charged him with a damn thing. They haven't charged him with anything. This is why there needs to be another special counsel. Not because of the bureaucratic reasons Trey Gowdy says, well, you know, I've counted 24 people who are outside the scope of the Inspector General over there at the Justice Department. That's not why there needs to be a special counsel. There needs to be a special counsel because we have rogue actors at the highest level at the FBI, and who are dug in at the Justice Department. That's why there needs to be a special counsel. We need to take this government back. We need to take the FBI back. We need to take the Justice Department back. And you can't do that with an Inspector General investigation. You can't do it with an Inspector General investigation. If there was ever, ever... A justification for a special counsel. I cannot think of a more overwhelming case than this case. I mean, compared to the Mueller appointment, uh, Russian collusion, that's not a crime. Uh, well, 
Rosenstein says, well, you know, we're going to do it anyway because he's a coward. He's a bureaucrat. And in my opinion, my opinion, he's the Manchurian Deputy Attorney General of the United States. That's what he is. So see what's going on and keep rubber stamping it. This guy's a clown. An absolute clown. Just uh, to get to the bottom of this, the American people have a right to know what took place in this election. And I want you to keep something else in mind. This is the same Obama administration, the same FBI, the same intelligence agencies, the same attorney general, the same director of the FBI, who spied on Netanyahu, who spied on members of Congress, on the Iran deal, who spied on Jewish organizations, who funneled money from the State Department to a non-profit so-called group in Israel to defeat Benjamin Netanyahu. This is the same FBI, the same Department of Justice, the same President of the United States, who spied on the Associated Press, who spied on James Rosen of Fox News, who spied on his parents. They're quite capable of this. And you bastards of the media sit on your fat asses attacking people like me who have the guts to point it out in spite of you. You clowns at CNN, you clowns at MSNBC, you clowns at the networks, you are disgusting. You're a disgrace. You're not journalists. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. a spirited hour, but necessary. Don't confuse passion with ranting. This is passion. Passion for my country and passion for justice. We're facing a serious crisis in American education. Students aren't being taught the fundamentals of our American heritage, what my friends at Hillsdale College call civics education. The result More and more young Americans are rejecting America's founding principles. A recent survey starkly highlights this fact. For the first time, more millennials would prefer to live in a socialist country than a capitalist one. So what can we do? Hillsdale College believes the answer starts with a proper civics education. Hillsdale is educating America with free online courses, imprimis, charter schools, and more. Now they're taking the unprecedented step of sending a copy of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence to every public school principal in America, along with an offer to provide them to students. Hillsdale does all this because they believe that educating the next generation is vital to preserving liberty and because they love America. Learn how you can help in this historic effort and how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's pocket Constitution to give or to keep or give away. By visiting levinforhillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N, for hillsdale.com, for your free pocket constitution to keep or to share. There's some big announcement South Korea is making at the top of the hour. We will be here as soon as we return after the top of the hour. 
and we will play it for you and we will analyze it. Here's what I suspect. I suspect they're going to announce talks with North Korea. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you watched Levin TV. I hope you watched Levin TV last night. And you saw, since 85, all the way to today, what's happened with discussions with North Korea. They've been plentiful, so plentiful, I can't even count them all. We concede and concede and concede. They pretend to concede. The idea that we're discussing denuclearization with North Korea is really pathetic. Because North Korea had already agreed not to build nukes in exchange for us removing 100 nuclear warheads from South Korea. So if this great big announcement is that one more time America is going to be fooled, one more time South Korea will be fooled, it's not a good announcement. It's a bad announcement. This isn't diplomacy. There's no point to this. I hope you saw the Winston Churchill movie, The Darkest Hour. By far the best movie of the year, in my opinion. The Oscars gave the the main actor uh, the Oscar in that movie, Clark, Gary Aldman. But even if they hadn't, he would have deserved he would have deserved it. But the point is, Churchill was pressured over and over and over again find a way to make concessions for Hitler. America hadn't entered the war. It looked very bleak for Britain. 300,000 of their troops had been surrounded. And you know the story. And he said, no, he's not going to do it. And the government almost crumbled. They almost went after him as prime minister. But he was backed by the king, who agreed with him, among others. Now is not the time to capitulate to North Korea. Now is the time to tighten the noose. Just as there was no time to capitulate to Iran but to tighten the noose, but Obama did more than capitulate. He actually started to fund their nuclear program, the conventional weapons program, their acts of terrorism, and their economy by agreeing with the other appeasers and worse in Europe, and of course the Russians, the Chinese, not only to give the Iranians $150 billion that had been frozen, but to conduct commerce with them. One of the bleakest times in modern history. Quickly, let's go to Jay, San Francisco on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, good evening, Mark. How are you? Okay, thank you. I'm just saying that I think that the United States should take after California when it comes to immigration, as far as their open borders are concerned. You think what? I think that the United States should take after California as far as their immigration policy is concerned. Well, good. They are. And I think it's very weak of Jeff Sessions to go after California, and I think Jerry Brown did an excellent job at... All right, you just said two different things. Do you realize that? Uh, No. Yes, you said you think the United States should go after California, and then you trashed... Sessions and and uh, promoted uh, Cherry Brown. Do you understand that? 
I said we should not go after California. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know what? You've convinced me. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So far, the South Korean major announcement is pending. As soon as they come to the microphones, we will cut away immediately to hear what they have to say. Immediately. Well, one of the difficult things, honestly, to hear about, since I don't have time to actually hear live, is the extent to which people who previously were proud capitalists, previously argued for the market system, previously understood that individual liberty uh, goes hand in hand with the freest markets possible, have apparently decided that Bernie Sanders and Herbert Hoover were right when it comes to tariffs. Now, Tariffs and taxes have something in common. They both begin with T. Their second letter is both an A. Tariffs, taxes. Tariffs are taxes. They're taxes on the American people. They're taxes on American workers. They're taxes on union members, non-union members. They're taxes on blue-collar workers, white-collar workers. They're taxes on small business people and big business people. What they have in common is they are huge taxes on Americans. So let's not hear any more how when it comes to the president in this respect and when it comes to these conservatives on TV and radio that they're standing up for the little guy. When they're taxing the crap out of the little guy. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. The president didn't surround himself with auto workers today. The president didn't surround himself with the hardworking men and women who work at Campbell's Soup or Budweiser or the hardworking men and women who produce toasters 
or refrigerators or dishwashers or washing machines and dryers and hubcaps. He didn't surround himself with those blue-collar workers. He didn't surround himself with construction workers, having put tariffs on steel, aluminum, and lumber. And lumber. So the phony nationalist populists who are pushing socialism, who are pushing big centralized government social engineering, they don't stand for the little guy. They stand for big centralized government. This is a VAT tax. And I love the way they keep bringing up Ronald Reagan. Time and again, Ronald Reagan spoke out against tariffs. Time and again, he fought Democrats in Congress. He even vetoed one or two of their bills. Yes, he put tariffs in place when it came to Harley-Davidson. When it came to semiconductors and maybe one or two other items. And this, the nationalist populists and the socialists find convincing evidence that Ronald Reagan, who had appointed Milton Friedman to head his Council of Economic Advisors, that Ronald Reagan, the greatest conservative to ever be president of the United States, that in fact, he was a protectionist. Did you know that? That he was a protectionist. The man whose idea became the NAFTA that's under attack. It was Reagan's idea. You know that the arguments on the other side are pathetically weak when they rewrite history like leftists. When they rewrite history like leftists. And that's what they're doing. They're abusing their audiences. They're abusing their readers with propaganda. Because when you don't have the facts, you don't have the arguments, you use propaganda. You rewrite history just like the left. And they're just like the left in this instance because that's exactly what the left is doing. Exactly what the left is doing. Let's try and go through this again as rational people. Domestic steel companies control 70% of domestic steel production. You can't point to another industry that has 70% control of that industry. Not GM, not ExxonMobil, not Apple. Well, they do over the iPhone, their invention. But I'm talking about over computers. President Trump... All right, here's the uh, live, the South Koreans. Go. I'd like to thank President Trump, the vice president, and his wonderful national security team, including my close friend, General McMaster. I explained to President Trump that his leadership and his maximum pressure policy, together with international solidarity, brought us to this juncture. I expressed... President Moon Jae-in's personal gratitude for President Trump's leadership. I told President, President Trump that in our meeting, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said he is committed to denuclearization. Kim pledged that North Korea will refrain from any further nuclear 
for missile tests. He understands that the routine joint military exercises between the Republic of Korea and the United States must continue. And he expressed his eagerness to meet President Trump as soon as possible. President Trump appreciated the briefing and said he would meet Kim Jong-un by May to achieve permanent denuclearization. The Republic of Korea, along with the United States, Japan, and our many partners around the world, remain fully and resolutely committed to the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Along with President Trump, we are optimistic about continuing a diplomatic process to test the possibility of a peaceful resolution. The Republic of Korea, the United States, and our partners stand together in insisting that we not repeat the mistakes of the past and that the pressure will continue until North Korea matches its words with concrete actions. Thank you. Well, that's it. I believe that's the National Security Advisor to the President of South Korea. Very, very interesting. Now, let's use our brains and ask ourselves some questions here. I know what they're going to say tomorrow. I know what all the talkers are going to say tomorrow. That the president has brought North Korea to its knees. And that Kim Jong-un has cried uncle. And that they're prepared to denuclearize North Korea. They're prepared to do it. And they want to meet President Trump immediately. Now, number one, President Trump deserves all the credit in the world for what he's been doing. He's done more to take on North Korea than any president since Truman. Excuse me. He really has, and I've talked about it many, many times. I'm very proud of what he's been doing with North Korea. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road, right here. North Korea has done this time and time again to Democrat presidents and Republican presidents. And so you need to ask yourself, putting the president aside, why would Kim Jong-un agree to this? Why would he do this? Why would he do this? The gross domestic product in North Korea is $40 billion. The gross domestic product in the United States is $17.6 trillion. They have spent an enormous amount of their gross domestic product on perfecting ICBMs and perfecting nuclear warheads. 
They have spent decades, decades, lying to Republican and Democrat presidents to reach this point. Decades. So why would all of a sudden North Korea want to talk to the president about denuclearization? Do you think... With China's assistance, North Korea is trying to play the American administration? Trying to suck the president into one more deal? We've been unable to hold North Korea's feet to the fire every time they violate a deal. Every single time they do it. As a matter of fact, when we pulled our nuclear warheads out of South Korea, North Korea agreed that they would not pursue a nuclear program. They started blowing up old nuclear silos and so forth as evidence of it. And then one day, Kim Jong-un's father said, no, no deal, because the United States has taken provocative actions. No deal. After receiving billions and billions and billions of dollars in food, in oil, you name it. And so... Do you think it's a good idea for the President of the United States to meet with Kim Jong-un by May? Now we're almost in the middle of March, so that's within six weeks. As opposed to sending emissaries to feel them out and see exactly what's going on. Do you think they're playing to our President's ego? Don't get me wrong. All these politicians have big egos. But do you think that's what they're trying to do? You'll hear tomorrow talk show hosts who are now listening to this show talk about how this is Nixon going to China, how this is Reagan dealing with the Soviet Union and Gorbachev and so forth. Or is it Clinton dealing with UN? Obama dealing with UN? Bush? dealing with on, the other Bush dealing with on, and so forth and so on. It's a completely different situation, I would argue. And here's the thing. We won't actually know for years. We won't actually know, probably, for years. So count me as a very deep skeptic, not about our president, And what he's been doing, which I applaud. But about this. But about this. We shall see. Now, it'll be interesting to observe how the Democrats react to this. Won't it? The Democrats have been saying time and again that the President of the United States is going to create a nuclear war with North Korea. That he hasn't handled North Korea properly. MSNBC, CNN, the networks, Washington Post, New York Times, they've all voiced this here and there, directly or through contributors. What will they say now? But we, rational Americans, 
unlike the left-wing Democrats. We need to be very sober and circumspect about this because we have a history of many, many decades dealing with this family in North Korea where they've taken everything we've given and they've achieved everything they've wanted. I don't trust them. Why should we trust them? Let me put it to you this way. Is there any agreement that we've entered into with North Korea in the last 35 years that they've upheld? The answer is no. And is there any agreement that we've signed off on in 35 years that we've enforced after they have violated them? The answer is no. So a regime that that builds ICBMs, a regime that builds nuclear weapons, all of a sudden wants to talk. Well, we need to be very, very suspicious of this. And I would give you some friendly advice. You'll do what you want. I would push out of your ears as much as possible the left-wing Democrats, the media, and quite frankly, the pom-pom boys and girls and the Rockettes. Because this isn't about a cheerleading squad, nor is it about the Democrats and their hitmen on TV and so forth and so on. Think this one through for yourself. That's my advice. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. But I want to finish on tariffs. We also have now the Korea matter. And also the matter I spoke of the first hour, the extensive domestic surveillance that took place. Right up to the inauguration of the uh, new president. Maybe beyond. You never know. Um, back to tariffs. As you know. I don't know. Maybe you can help me. Even put the issue aside briefly. How can so-called conservatives in the media, whether they write, whether they speak, whether they're on TV, how can they oppose these massive across-the-board tax increases when the American people as counterproductive to economic growth, as undermining the tax cuts that already took place, as driving up the cost of everything? from a can of soup to an automobile and everything in between. Taxes that wind up in the government's coffers for bureaucrats to spend and redistribute to other people. How can they embrace this under President Trump when they rejected it under Barack Obama? When they rejected it from Bernie Sanders? How can they do that? Are they unprincipled? Are they confused? What happened? I'll be right back. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Oh, yes, our wonderful CRTV folks. It's my second year anniversary on Levin TV. 424 episodes. You believe that, Mr. Producer? In two years. 
424 episodes. And we're going strong. And I'm going to be doing this for the long term. You really need to join us. You don't know what you're missing. Many of you, you hear me talk about it. I'm telling you, give it a try. You get a trial period for seven days. <laughs> if you use code LEVIN2, just say LEVIN2, you get 20% off. We're trying to entice as many of you as we can to really enjoy TV. We're going to reinforce your principles. We're going to reinforce your values. We're going to reinforce your beliefs. We're going to explain American history like it needs to be explained. 200 shows a year. Now, we have my brand new show on life, liberty, and Levin over on Fox News. I know you like it. If I don't tell you this, you won't know. Do you know at 10 p.m. on Sunday on the Fox News channel? My show not only beats CNN and MSNBC, it beats CNN and MSNBC combined, plus several hundred thousand. They've never seen anything like this at 10 p.m. on Sundays. Thanks to you, my beloved audience. And this Sunday is the Israeli Prime Minister, the great Benjamin Netanyahu, for one full hour. And over at Levin TV, if you enjoy watching me on Fox News, you can watch me almost every night for less than eight bucks a month because we don't have any commercials over at Levin TV. It's straight through. It's a lot of fun doing that show. It's a different show, but we focus on the same beliefs and principles and values. If you enjoy me on the Fox News channel now, if you enjoy me on radio, you're really going to love this. My father doesn't miss this. He puts it on his Samsung TV, and you can do the same thing, and watches it every night. So if you're ready to get past the superficial fluff that fills the liberal media mainstream, you want more of what you see on Sunday night, more of what you hear behind the radio, without commercials, I really want you to join us over at Levin TV. And when you sign up for Levin TV, you're signing up for CRTV, the entire network, with Phil Robertson, with Andrew Wilkow, Stephen Crowder, and a whole lot more. So get a full year of CRTV for less than 8 bucks a month when you use promo code LEVIN at checkout, L-E-V-I-N. Give us a call, folks, 844-LEVIN-TV. We'll get you all set up. It's very simple. It's extremely convenient. 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. And while we're at it, you should check out our Facebook site at Levin TV Facebook. Levin TV Facebook. We have a growing community there. And we post our clips for the upcoming Levin TV show, which launches immediately after my radio show each evening. But the clips are posted earlier, and they're posted earlier and first on Levin TV Facebook. So add that to the social sites bookmark it check us out Levin TV Facebook and I really hope you join us the price couldn't be better it's a very professional program as a matter of fact except for this Sunday when I interview the Prime Minister of Israel from the Blair House right across from the White House and that had to be done for security reasons for the most part when you watch me on Fox News I'm doing the show 
from the Levin TV studio. From the Levin TV studio. That's how great this studio is. It's a broadcast studio with HGTV. Not HGTV, HDTV. But anyway, I hope you'll check us out. Really, now's the time. If you've been thinking about this, if you've been thinking about this, please get involved. You're going to say, why the hell didn't I do this sooner? Get it for your dad or your mom or your granddad or your grandma. Get it for the patriots in this country, the military, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Get it for conservatives of all walks of life. If you have a young kid going to college or high school, I'm telling you, this is so different. Ten years ago, this was never done. Many decades ago, we had three networks. Over and over, I kept hearing, we need to buy a network, we need to buy satellite TV. We've done better than that. We're making Levin TV and all the CRTV programming available to you right in your pocket. On your cell phone. On your laptop. On your PC. On your Apple computer. On your iPad. And on your smart TV. And I've only named a few places. So it goes with you. And not only that, if you miss it, you watch it anytime you want. The new programming comes on right after 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right after my radio show. But you can watch it anytime thereafter. You can watch all the episodes anytime you wish. It's truly educational and informative. So I hope you'll check it out. Those of you who buy my books... Those of you who are listening to this show, those of you who are now watching me on Fox, this is for you. I'm doing this for you. I spend three, three and a half, four hours a day with my magnificent crew doing Levin TV. It's a lot of preparation and so forth. I spend many hours a day preparing for this radio show, and then I do it for three hours. And then, of course, we spend a lot of time on our new Fox show. You can see I don't have time to sleep, and I don't. Want to sleep. There's no time like the present to fight against these forces of tyranny, these forces of progressivism. And I almost feel guilty when I go to bed or when I'm not here. So I just want you to check it out, seriously. 844-LEVINTV. Use code LEVIN so you can get a break. Some of you who are a little older, you might say, I I don't know how to use this technological stuff. We will walk you through this. It's simple. My dad is almost 93. And they walked him through and he set it up. I'm no technology whiz. I'm the worst. I have to rely on family members to help me. So we made this as simple as possible. Try free seven-day trial right now. A free seven-day trial. Say Levin TV, you'll get 20% off. It's, it's really all I can do to try and persuade you to do this. If you trust me, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this. 844-LEVINTV. And by the way, those of you who have joined us, I want to thank you. Because people keep renewing, renewing, and renewing. And I'm very, very grateful. Well, of course, Mr. Producer, my call screen dropped out. Do we have, first of all, an individual who disagrees with me on anything? No, of course not. 
do we have a really good caller to start out with? Lee in Leesburg, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Uh, good evening, Mark. Uh, when I heard the statement from uh, the South Korea, I, I don't remember which official he was, but at any rate. He's uh, the, uh, head of the head of the National Security Council for the president of South Korea. Yeah. Uh-oh. I had a little bit belly laughing when I heard that one. Uh, nothing is going to uh, dissuade North Korea, who has been pursuing this, uh, what they've been doing with this nuclear program for how many decades now? And nothing is going to stop them, I believe, until one of two things happen, uh, or maybe a combination. First, Xi Jinping, who's behind uh, North Korea, is deposed, who's now the leader for life. Second, uh, there will be an insurrection in North Korea in the leadership. No, no, no. Xi Jinping is the you meant the president of China. You mean Kim Jong Un. No, I mean G. I mean China. over in China, but you met, but you said he was the head of North Korea, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to confuse the two. Yes, but I, I since China and Ping are, I, I think, tied at the hip, until he stopped having his backing to hold him up, this it would be irresponsible for Trump or any American official to make some deal with this. This isn't, this sounds, it sounds childish to me. I agree with you. I I don't know how many more times we get screwed by this guy, this family. But every single time they cut a deal and they break the deal where we're now. I mean, they they have nuclear weapons, they have ICBMs. The only denuclearization that's occurred is in the South. They, no, nobody in their right mind would go through decades to build up this type of program and then all of a sudden decide in, uh, yeah, 10 minutes, okay, we're just going to get rid of it all. Not right. a chance. No right. way. A chance. That's I agree I with you. Say. I agree with you. But, you know, uh, it'll be very popular. You'll hear tomorrow. You'll hear all the pom-pom boys and girls out there telling you this is magnificent. Now, I agree to a point. I agree that uh, what Trump has done with North Korea, no prior president has done. I mean, short of uh, Truman. But I I believe quite strongly what Trump has done is the right thing. Now, as I said, the rubber hits the road now. We'll see if if he gets lured into one of these deals the way every one of his predecessors did. Every single one of them. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Emil, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Mark, thank you for taking my call. You're doing you bet. work. You got to do a little bit of Moses's work too. Yeah. Uh, quick question. Um, yeah, Trump is, was being surveilled after he was president. Don't forget his entire transcript of the conversation with Mexico and Australian presidents were released. And the um, Russians, remember that? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I mean, his whole staff, everybody. Didn't he have to move to Mar-a-Lago for some reason because his office? And uh, New York was also tapped. I'm not familiar with that, but <clears throat> you're quite right to point out, we don't know how it happened, that somehow c- conversations that a president of the United States is having with other foreign leaders, uh, at least summaries of them or aspects of them, wind up in the media. Have you? Do, do you ever recall that happening to any previous president, sir? Um, no, but I believe the Clintons' fingerprints are on it because... Ever since the 90s, if you remember Miguel Rodriguez's testimony in front of the Senate back in 2002 or three, I believe, he basically said that the entire crime scene for the Vince Foster investigation was plowed. All right. Thanks for your call. We're not going to Vince Foster. Sorry. 
Yeah, been there and never done that. Okay, let's go to Tom, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go! Hey, Mark. Thank you so much for your passionate and organized presentation of what's going on. I, I feel exactly as you do, and I get so angry that my passion overtakes my ability to put it in, in an organized uh, scheme of things as you do, so I'm just so grateful for that. Uh, the, the other thing it's is... It's just the way my mind works. It always has, and just it is what it is. But thank you, you my friend. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've often thought that I would have <clears> liked <throat> to have lived in the, American, in the days of the American Revolution, and I think I may get my chance if things continue, and I am so grateful to the Almighty that you will be there to help push this thing forward in the way that it needs to be. And I believe you mean I'm Convention of States. Is that what you're talking about? I'm sorry? To push what for it? Convention of States? The Convention of States and, and, and just the message with mm -hmm. your books, with your programming, and with your passion. And I don't, I don't imagine Patrick Henry, when he stood up and made that famous statement, that he said, well, as for me, folks, uh, give me liberty or give me death. I think it was more similar to the way you get when, when you get passionate and, and uh, about what's happening and what needs to happen. And, and I think you would fit in that same mold. And to switch it a little bit, they called Trump the Manchurian candidate the other day. I don't recall who said it, but again, the Alinsky um, um, usage of putting the blaming the opposition on what you are guilty of. You, you, sir, are right on, which is exactly why I called Rosenstein the Manchurian Deputy Attorney General. Four. Hey, Tom, don't hang up. We're going to give you a free one-year subscription to CRTV. Don't hang up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. those sagging, droopy eyelids would just disappear? Are these bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day? Then this is the perfect time to take advantage of the crazy spring clearance sale going now at Chaminade. Call or click right now and you can get the brand new Genesel eyelid absolutely free. The new Genesel eyelid lift contains two cutting edge natural peptides, jojoba oil, green tea, vitamin E, flower extracts, all these magnificent, organic, healthy, fresh elements that achieve amazing lifting effects. And right now, this breakthrough eyelid treatment is yours absolutely free when you order Genesel for bags and puffiness. And remember, it works for men and women. Plus, you'll also get the Genesel immediate effects. Immediate effects for results in 12 hours. And I want you to listen to this. You'll get results in 12 hours, and they guarantee it. Go to Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Can't make it any easier. Order right now and get the Genesel Collagen Builder and Deep Firming Serum, two bestsellers, free. And express shipping is also free. You can get it right away. That's five luxury gifts, all yours for the price of one. Now, I know my buddy Teddy is one of the great cardiologists in the world. He's... 
loves this stuff. He loves it. Every time I see him and his beautiful wife and his mom keeps bringing it up to me. And he can't believe all the freebies and he can't believe the price. I said, it's true, isn't it? He says, yes. True story, by the way. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. You really ought to try it out. You should try it. Mike, your Belinda, California, the great KRLA country. Go. Hey. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You yeah, bet, Mike. You're a call forward. He didn't know Nixon was born in, in your Belinda. Hey, but listen, on that... Uh, yes, he was. About- well said, Mike. Go right ahead, that? Mike. Go right ahead, okay, sir. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking. So, so listen, um, you've been talking all week about this 2%. And you're getting this number from Ben Shapiro. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, Mike. I got it from the Commerce Department. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, but but for 50 years. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Got it from the Commerce Department. What do you say now? So, so why have for 50 years we've been saying that everyone has been saying how China's been taking all? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know why it's been like that for 50 years. But 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 China is subsidizing their companies too. You know that, right? Sir, right? sir, sir, sir. <sighs> yes, China subsidizes its companies, and Mexico subsidizes its companies, and Canada subsidizes its, its companies. Do you know how many duties have been placed to subsidize our steel companies, sir? Do you know how many have been put in place over the last several decades? 160. 160. So your answer, see, you don't even want to learn. Your answer is drive up the price of everything for the American people. Drive up the price for everything for the American people. And that's how we stick it to China. Honestly, I've never heard such a stupid argument coming out of the White House, coming out of the mouth of this guy, Wilbur Ross, the other idiot, Navarro. It's just stupid. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want you to listen again to the South Korean announcement at a little after 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, which is the basis for almost all the reporting at this point this evening. This occurred exactly an hour ago. Go right ahead. Today, I had the privilege of briefing President Trump on my recent visit to Pyongyang, North Korea. I'd like to thank President Trump, the Vice President, and his wonderful national security team, including my close friend, General McMaster. I explained to President Trump that his leadership and his maximum pressure policy, together with international solidarity, brought us to this juncture. I expressed 
President Moon Jae-in's personal gratitude for President Trump's leadership. I told President, President Trump that in our meeting, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said he is committed to denuclearization. Kim pledged that North Korea will refrain from any further nuclear or missile tests. He understands that the routine joint military exercises between the Republic of Korea and the United States must continue. And he expressed his eagerness to meet President Trump as soon as possible. President Trump appreciated the briefing and said he would meet Kim Jong-un by May to achieve permanent denuclearization. The Republic of Korea, along with the United States, Japan, and our many partners around the world, remain fully and resolutely committed to the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Along with President Trump, we are optimistic about continuing a diplomatic process to test the possibility of a peaceful resolution. The Republic of Korea, the United States, and our partners stand together in insisting that we not repeat the mistakes of the past and that the pressure will continue until North Korea matches its words with concrete actions. Thank you. There you have it. Now, I take some solace in knowing that on our side we have Trump. But I also understand, and most of you understand, that this has been a tactic of the North Koreans for decades. When they need money, when they need food, when they need energy, they come to the table, they negotiate, they make concessions in exchange for subsidies for the purpose of holding up this decrepit, crumbling regime, especially their military and their police state. They get what they need, they get a shot in the arm for a period of years, and then they break the deals. This is a history of over 30 years. So we'll be looking at this with extreme skepticism. All I can say is, I'm very pleased that Donald Trump is in the Oval Office and not Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. Truly. And I believe the president has handled this situation with North Korea brilliantly. Brilliantly. I am also concerned that over at the State Department and other bureaucratic elements within the administrative state, that they will be pressing the president uh, to make deals, whatever deals he can make, and so forth and so on. The president has said many times, and correctly, I've said it too, that his, pre- <coughs> excuse me, that his predecessors, that his predecessors have put off making the tough decisions. Almost every one of his predecessors has been faced with what the president is facing this moment. Appeals by North Korea for discussions, for deals. Even if they sign a denuclearization agreement, do you understand they've signed it before? That North Korea promised not to develop nukes? And then one day, Kim Jong-un's father 
said, okay, the deal's off because of these provocations from the United States. That's the problem. So they could be buying time to further perfect their ICBMs and their nuclear weapons. That's what they've done in the past. All right. That's on the table. I want you to know about that. I want to raise another issue. We've talked about a lot of heavy stuff tonight. I have a good time doing it. I hope you do too as we go through these things. I want you to listen to Louis Farrakhan on February 25, 2018. There's a reason for this. Many of you know what it is. But you haven't heard me talk about it yet. There's Louis Farrakhan at the Savior's Day Address, February 25, 2018, just a few weeks ago. Cut 14, go. The FBI has been the worst enemy That's right. That's right. of black advancement. Can you prove that, Farrakhan? See, the Jews have control over those agencies of government. This enemy, he's so angry with Farrakhan that now if you like me, you have to either hide it, especially if you want advancement in the white man's world. Now, if you go to work tomorrow and Jews are your boss, don't tell them where you've been. Mm-hmm. So he's a Jew hater, an anti-Semite. He said more, cut 15, go. I don't care what they put on me. The government is my enemy. The powerful Jews are my enemy. And scared to death Negroes are my enemy. And weak Muslims and hypocrites are my enemy. But here I stand. And more. Cut 16, go. So don't even weep if you hear that I'm dead. Say that boy did his job. The world will never be the same again. White folks are going down. And Satan is going down. And Farrakhan, by God's grace, has pulled the cover off of that satanic Jew. And I'm here to say, your time is up. Your world is through. And the good Jews, you better separate from these satanic Jews lest they take you down to hell with them because that's where they're headed. Now this Hitlerian, has he been denounced by prominent Democrats? Has he been denounced by prominent Democrats? Has he been denounced repeatedly by members of the media on MSNBC and CNN? I'm not talking about here and there. 
This man is poison. He's poison. Yet Democrat candidates campaign with him. Democrats break bread with him. There's a piece in The Federalist by Warren Henry. He says, what would the establishment media reaction be if tens of members of Congress met with one of America's most notorious racists and anti-Semites and refused to denounce him? Or if the leaders of one of America's hottest social movements embraced him? If the beginning question is Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, who's blamed Jews for the 9-11 attacks, said white people deserve to die and praised Adolf Hitler, the answer seems to be not much. At least not when those embracing him are Democrats and progressives. The genesis of this story was the revelation that a photograph of then-Illinois Senator Barack Obama and Farrakhan at a 2005 Congressional Black Caucus meeting was suppressed for years for political reasons. Obama had previously criticized Farrakhan's racist and anti-Semitic statements. Moreover, during his presidential run, Obama found himself in the hot seat by both embracing his own minister, the controversial Reverend Jeremiah Wright, and disowning him a month later. And unsurprisingly, the media applauded Obama both times. After the photo surfaced, conservative media, particularly the Daily Caller, began re-examining the ties between Farrakhan and the Congressional Black Caucus. In an interview with Peter Hassan, Representative Danny Davis defended Farrakhan as an outstanding human being. Davis being from Chicago, Illinois. The Anti-Defamation League, which is going increasingly soft on elected Democrats, that's because it's now run by an Obama sycophant, initially responded by claiming Davis had told them his remarks praising Farrakhan were taken out of context. But when Davis then confirmed his original opinion of Farrakhan and said he was unsure why the ADL believed he was misquoted, the ADL was forced to say they were deeply disappointed with Davis. Hassan also contacted the offices of 20 other Congressional Black Caucus members who attended the 2005 meeting. Not one of them denounced Farrakhan. Now, if you thought big media would be interested in the story of public officials cozying up to a virulent bigot, you'd be mistaken. Journalists rationalized their dismissal of the story by saying that the Congressional Black Caucus members like Davis are basically invulnerable in their congressional district. One big flaw in this defense is that House incumbents are generally invulnerable in their districts. Perhaps the media should stop covering Congress. Another big flaw in this defense is that the progressives' affinity for Farrakhan extends beyond Congress. At least three leaders of the so-called Women's March have been on friendly terms with Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. March co-president Tamika Mallory called Farrakhan definitely G-O-A-T, definitely GOAT, while Carmen Perez shared a photo of herself holding hands with him in videos of the minister speaking truth to power. March co-chair Linda Sassor, who appeared at a 2015 Nation of Islam event, has publicly claimed that anti-Semitism is different than anti-black racism or Islamophobia because it's not systemic, something that will come as news to Jews throughout recorded history. And it goes on. 
He says, as I write this, outside conservative media and Jewish media, the Ford, Tablet, Jewish Telegraph Agency, uh, Oretz, the Daily Beast, the New York Daily News, Newsday, Yahoo, they've been exceptions to the general rule. But at this moment, neither the New York Times nor the Washington Post have found it news fit to print. They both covered a surreal Saturday Night Live sketch that had Farrakhan phoning into Fox and Friends. The left in this country has been growing increasingly anti-Semitic. Let's just call it what it is. They've embraced the more radical elements of the Palestinians and the Arabs generally. They despise the state of Israel. The Democrat Party is a safe place for people like Keith Ellison, who worked for Farrakhan's organization, who called himself Keith X. And he's done the best he can to cover up his past, and I've done the best I can to uncover it. He was almost voted the chairman of the Democrat National Committee. He had to settle for co-chairman. He's the co-chairman of the Democrat National Committee. These members of the Congressional Black Caucus proudly celebrate Farrakhan. Proudly. Has Mr. Perez, the chairman of the DNC, denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Has Jose Ramos denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Has Luis Gutierrez denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Has Kamala Harris denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Has Bernie Sanders denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Has Elizabeth Warren denounced Mr. Farrakhan? Was there a press conference among the Democrats on Capitol Hill who rely on Mr. Farrakhan in many districts in this country? Denouncing Mr. Farrakhan? Now, they like to call President Trump a racist, which he is not. Oddly, they they call him an anti-Semite. The president, the president, the first, who announced that Jerusalem is, in fact, the capital of Israel, who is, in fact, moving the American embassy to Jerusalem, who, in fact, has a daughter who's an Orthodox Jew and a son-in-law who's an Orthodox Jew and Jewish grandchildren. No evidence whatsoever that he's a racist or an anti-Semite. Lots and lots of evidence when it comes to Farrakhan. And yet the same people in Congress who day in and day out like to call people racist because they're conservatives or they don't agree with their radical agenda, the same media... The fraudulent media that like to advance and exploit that notion about conservatives and Republicans and the president are really quite tame when it comes to Mr. Farrakhan. They're really quite tame, aren't they? I'll be right back. Warrington, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment on North and South Korea. Yes, uh, as you know, they're still under a ceasefire truce. 
Mm-hmm. There's no peace treaty between the two countries. That's right. So I, I would think that the White House should at least acknowledge that and send them a diplomatic message saying, when you come to agreement on a peace treaty, then as allies we can sit down and, and discuss uh, whatever negotiations we want to have with you. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to matter. I think this guy will sign pretty much, you know, he'll duke it out, he'll position himself and this, that, and the other. I think this guy, Kim Jong-un, will sign pretty much um, something, almost anything, again, with all the uh, drama surrounding it, and then he'll break the deal, just like daddy and granddaddy. The other thing is that um, people ought to remember 1989 and 90, Soviet Union and perestroika. Mm -hmm. Take a look at Russia today. Tyrannies are tyrannies. You're right. Well said, my friend. I'm with you. We'll be right back. They call him Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. Can you imagine test driving a car for 100 days? We're having 100 days to break in a new pair of shoes. That's what Casper's doing, giving you 100 nights to test the Casper mattress. Seriously, 100 nights over three months. Now, the Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. It ships for free in a how-do-they-do-that-size box, and if you don't love it, they'll come pick it up and give you a full refund. When the choice is to test a mattress by sleeping on it for 100 nights in your home or trying one in a store, now, folks, that's a no-brainer. Take Casper's 100-night sleep challenge, and you'll get a great night's sleep, guaranteed. Take your existing mattress, lean it up against the wall, and take the Casper challenge. Plus, right now, when you go to casper.com slash mark, casper.com slash mark, and then when you're there, use code mark. You'll save $50 on select mattresses, and they're already very well priced. That's code mark at casper.com slash mark. Save $50 on select mattresses. One more time. Casper.com slash mark, and then use code mark. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's take some calls, shall we? Joe. Orange County, California, KRLA, the great 870. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, I'm a great supporter of you, Mark. I'm, I'm a regular listener. Almost You're a supporter. I'm not yeah, running yeah, for anything. Always, um, yeah. uh, I support your, your ideas. Uh, yes, anyway, yes. but I wanted to ask you about this value-added tax. Mm-hmm. Does China charge a, a very stiff value-added tax both ways when they export steel, aluminum, and all these cheap goods to the U.S., and when the U.S. tries to... Well, who, Larry, let's, let's play along. So let's say they put a value-added tax on products that come into China. Who pays that? I guess we do, don't we? No, no, why would we pay it? The Chinese people pay it. We're exporting, importing to their country. So the Chinese people, so the people, Chinese people, you don't put a VAT tax on an export. 
Um, How would you put a VAT tax on an export? So they put a value-added tax, if they do, on their own people. Europe does this all the time. It's horrendous. They have this built-in value-added tax in Britain and so forth and so on, and the people are poor as a result. I mean, we should celebrate the fact that they tax the hell out of their people. What do we care? Go ahead, sir. Uh, and I, I had a c- couple other questions. Um, didn't the United States have a, a positive trade balance with Mexico and Canada before NAFTA was passed? And what now is a positive trade balance? What does that mean? Th- that Mexico and Canada are making more money on their trade to us. No, that has nothing to do with making more money. Sir, you see... Walter Williams was right on my first show, they, and this isn't to you specifically. The lack of knowledge about how economics works is killing us. Sir, let's say we have, let's just round it off, a $500 billion so-called trade deficit with the rest of the world. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Rather than, right, just listen, rather than a surplus. Okay, what does that mean? means we may import more things than we export. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, who decides what we're going to import? Well, I suppose the industries and the... No, industries may, I mean, in terms of getting raw materials and making things. You decide. You're the consumer. You're the end user. Industries respond to you, whether they're international or whether they're domestic. So maybe we use more oil than other countries, and maybe we used to import more oil than other countries. Maybe we use more metals than other countries, and as, as, as wonderful as our raw material are, is in this country, we don't have all raw materials we need. We don't have enough, perhaps. Or who knows? Who cares? What does that have to do with anything? What is it, that we have to import exactly the same amount that we export? If we do that, the country will collapse. The country will not have a vigorous growing economy. We need stuff from other countries. It doesn't mean we're buying their pencils and their pens and their staplers and so forth, or although we might. It means that our businesses here, our consumers here, need and want some of that stuff that we don't have in order to consume it or make other stuff and then turn around and sell it somewhere else. I have never understood this so-called balance of trade issue. If we are to wipe out the difference and the balance of trade, then we will immediately stop importing half a trillion dollars worth of products and raw materials and so forth. Do you know what that would do to our country? I suppose you, it would it would hurt uh, hurt us and the consumers. No, it wouldn't hurt us. It would destroy our economy. People. Everybody, you need to think this stuff through. Thank you for your call, sir, and your questions are earnest, and I appreciate that. Let's go to Carl, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You bet, sir. I have a question. Um, I, I have a 10-year-old son. He's in the fifth grade, right. and he, he has a teacher who constantly, he'll come and present historical facts about certain things mm-hmm. and she will just cut him off and tell him that he's wrong and my case in point was today um, she asked 
if anyone could tell her what sparked the Revolutionary War. He mm -hmm. raised his hand, she called on him, he said, April 19th, 1775, British soldiers rolled in to seize the arms of the Patriots. And the shot heard around the world. She cut him off, told him he was completely wrong, that it was all about the Boston Tea Party, and she told him that he needed to stop um, spreading false information to the class. And I here's, what I, here, here's what I do. First of all, the, the, the fact is your son knows more than the teacher, and I'm sure that's embarrassing to her or him. Here's what I would do. I would ask for a meeting with the teacher and the principal. And I would make it abundantly clear that your kid is polite, that your kid is civil, and that your kid is expressing his opinion in response to a question, that his opinion <clears throat> is based in fact, and if the teacher disagrees, that's perfectly fine, but she's not to cut him off, she's not to be rude to him, and she's not to humiliate him in front of the class, and that he is not there to serve as a mouthpiece for what the teacher wants him to say when the teacher is wrong. So I would immediately ask for a meeting <clears throat> with the teacher and the principal. That's what I would do, and I've done that before. That's what I, my wife and I discussed. But I'm a truck driver. I run at night, and I sleep during the day. Um, yes, sir. But we plan on going in there as soon as I get in in the morning and requesting that meeting. Because I'm, Absolutely. you got to stand up for your kid. He's a sharp kid. He, he loves his country. He loves history. Like He, he researches these things on his own. We yes. discuss them at home. And you remind the teacher and the principal, this is, in essence, an academy. This is an educational institution that ideas are allowed to be provided. And your son's comments are not a crazy, are not crazy ideas. They're not ideological ideas. He's researched it. He's given the information. The teacher may want a different answer. But that's no reason to prevent him from providing his opinion and being cut off and being treated rudely. I'd, I, I'd go in that, I would definitely demand a meeting. I wouldn't put up with this crap. Absolutely, because I, I feel the same way that you do. But you're man, you educate me. You know, I'm I'm an infantry veteran, U.S. Army. I'm not the most um, scholastically educated. No, 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 no. Guy. You you sound terrific. You do things I'm absolutely incapable of doing, Carl. And uh, by the way, let us know how that turns out, will you? I will. I, I certainly will. Um, I'll give you. I'll, I'll call Mr. Producer and uh, see if I can speak with you again. It's an honor. I thank. All right. Don't don't hang up. We'll get. You, we'll tell you how to reach us and uh, be very curious to know how this happens, how this takes place. All right. God bless and good luck. Boy, oh boy, I remember going through that stuff. It's not easy. David, Boise, Idaho, Sirius Satellite, go. David. David, let's move along. Matthew, Riverside, California. Go right ahead, sir. Mark, it's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Hey, so uh, I was listening to Louis Farrakhan uh, and his crazy radical ideology and right. thought that this would be a perfect time for the Republican Party to take an offensive and hold a press conference to disavow him. Well, and by the way, I haven't heard them do anything of the sort. You're exactly right, have they? 
No, they're they're playing defense. Why are they afraid of this guy? No, I I I don't know. Why are they afraid of this guy? Why are they afraid of confronting this guy? Have I ever been afraid of confronting David Duke and all those nut jobs? No. Did they not talk about Charlottesville? Okay. We got a nut job here. And I'll tell you why. The Democrat Party, an enormous percentage of it anyway, has embraced this man from day one. Because they believe he has influence. And remember what I keep saying about this progressive ideology and movement. People say follow the money. They're wrong. It's all about power, power, and power. Power first, second, and third. If money can get them power, fine. But whatever it is, it's about power, holding on to power, and using power to get more power. Yep. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. of CT-shirts made a remarkable statement. You know what he said? There's no point in making the finest shirt in the world if you charge a fortune for it. And of course he's right. CT-shirts are British-styled from exceptionally smooth, non-iron cotton. They come in your choice of colors, collar styles, sleeve lengths and cuffs. Worker casual, tie or no tie, tucked or untucked. When you arrive in a CT-shirt to work, client meetings, or after work cocktails with buddies... You look totally put together. CT shirts are for guys who want to dress smartly while saving money. So let's get started. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, But right now, you'll get three. Three for just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery. A six-month quality guarantee and free returns. May I repeat that? Because that's a trifecta. Free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. You're not going to get that in any retail store. Now, if you hurry, 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT-shirts. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Couldn't be any easier. That's ctshirts.com slash. <coughs> Let me do it again. ctshirts.com. Slash Levin. All right. Let us continue. Nick, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go. Well, hi, Mark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you asked you. A what I think you posited as a rhetorical question. Why does it matter that we have huge trade deficits? It matters because huge trade deficits are a result of too much spending and not much, not enough saving and investment. No, that's not necessarily true. You may have a lot of both. Macroeconomically, it's true. There's an equation. No, it's not. No, it's not. You may have a lot of both. When you have a dynamic economy, an economy, let me even put it to you this way. If this economy were growing even bigger and faster... We would need more imports, given the population, given the technology and all the rest, to meet the demands within the country. doesn't mean people are saving or not saving. Now, it happens to be in this country that we don't have people who save. But it's not a dollar for dollar 
macro analysis whatsoever. Buying our debt and then we owe money to the Chinese. Okay, buying our debt is a problem of government spending. I don't know about you, but I don't borrow anything from the Chinese. Our government borrows from the Chinese. So you're, 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 um, you're mixing up two different ideas here. The fact that we have a huge, you don't want to be educated, do you? Personal and government spending are both spending. Yes, but government debt is not personal debt. It's not from personal spending. You said at the beginning, the reason we have this huge, uh, uh, imbalance in trade, so-called, is because we don't save. Then you immediately, when I said, that's not true, and then you immediately switched over to the government debt and the Chinese lending money to us. You're not going to get an argument from me that the government debt is a huge problem, including a national security problem. In fact, our government won't address it. But when it comes to personal debt, it's nothing to do with it. Tariff either. All right, get out of here. I can't deal with you anymore. He's talking over me. He doesn't want to have it, this guy. I can't Listen, you know me by now. If when I'm talking, he's still talking, what's the point? There is no point. James, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Go ahead. Hey, uh, do you hey. know the biggest problem we have with the First Amendment right now? The biggest problem we have with the First Amendment? Well, I don't know what. That... We got rid of net neutrality. Oh. Okay. What is net neutrality? Net neutrality, at least from what I understand. Well, you just said it's the biggest problem with the First Amendment, so presumably you understand a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I messed up. Since what is net neutrality? Net neutrality is to have... I can access anything on the Internet without the cable... Uh, people uh, throttling my internet. Throttling your internet. Tell me, sir, we don't have net neutrality today, do we? No, we don't. But Can you go on the internet? Yes, yes, yes. Can you afford to go on the internet? Yes. Are there any limits to you going on the internet? Not yet. We oh, okay. April. So this phrase net neutrality actually means government regulation of something the government doesn't regulate right now, correct? Well, not right now. Not anymore. So how is that net neutrality when the government's involved? Because when it's involved... Should we have college neutrality where everybody can go to college for free? You like that idea? No, sir. I think... Well, what's wrong with college neutrality? Because some of us don't don't need to go to college. Some of us need to be okay. white college. Some of us need no, to... But that's people. not my point, whether some of us need to go to college or not. Why isn't there college neutrality? I don't know, sir. Why isn't there medical neutrality? Well, Do you know what we mean I... by net neutrality? It means the government steps in and it starts telling companies that that provide platforms, that provide hosts, that provide you know the mechanisms behind the cyber activity that takes player, place on the Internet, tells them what they can and cannot do. That doesn't strike me as neutral. You know what that strikes me as? China. Then you get the government in the door. And what does the government do every time it steps into the door? It abuses power. All right, young man, go back and rethink this. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We've had a spirited 
discussion on a number of issues today, haven't we? All right. Check out Levin TV tonight, please, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you, and be well.